Diamond Mind podcast with Nate and Laney, where we listen to all 92 Diamond albums certified by Billboard. Today's album is Human Clay by Creed. Alright, so this album came out in 1999. It is one hour long, and it went 11 times platinum. Which I don't fully <laughs> understand how, but sure, we'll go with that. Yeah, so this, one was, this one was a little rough. Um, very samey. A lot of the songs are uh, very similar sounding. Especially since you can't really tell what the dude's singing uh, because his voice is so... I don't know how to describe that. Muddy. Muddy is a good word for that. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, it was so bad that at, like towards the end of the album we were just talking through all of the songs and didn't even listen. <laughs> so... Okay, to be fair, we listened a little. like, But there's really just not a lot to listen to. It's just... If it you all listen, sounds the same. If you've listened to one Creed song, you listen to every Creed song, <laughs> is what I have learned. Um, it just sounds like so basic and generic, like in the background of our conversation. It was just not. But hey, let me give him a compliment. Mm -hmm. Bass guitarist kills it. Okay. The bass guitarist really does kill it. I, I, They have a very good bass guitar. That's fair. And I... Could it? I only went back and listened to two of the songs that we talked over because I really just like could not handle it. But I will say that I did try to like look up what each song was about. So we do have a little bit of information, but our opinions are—I mean, it's pretty much just—it wasn't good. <laughs> yeah, the, the the opinion is it all sounds very similar and was not great. Mm -hmm. But uh, we'll get into specifics, I guess. So. Yeah, um, I do want to say, though, that even Nickelback wasn't this bad. Yeah, I agree. Because, at least, like you said, Nickelback, like, we could get through it because some of it was almost comical. Yes, it and was this... so bad that it was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe Nickelback just did that. But they also had some, like, more variety. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know, Creed, I don't know what happened, but... but... From, like, a completely critical and musical standpoint, Creed, are, they're better musicians mm -hmm. than Nickelback. Oh, they yeah. have better lyrics. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100% better lyrics. But. Much deeper meaning. I just can't, one, understand them, and two, be, be asked to listen to it because it all sounds so similar. No. With Nickelback, they could be talking about just Nickelback things. <laughs> At least it's, it's interesting. That's true. And, I mean, I just I just don't understand. Like, I would not admit to anybody that I was a Creed fan. Mm -hmm. I won't lie. I'm sorry if you are a Creed fan, but... It's just kind of lame, bro. I just can't listen to that sound over and over again. Like, I thought I wouldn't be able to get through the Kenny G album in one sitting. Dude, Kenny G's at the top of the, our list so far. But this album, <laughs> like, we couldn't even get through the first time that yeah. we listened to it. So... That was that rough. Should, that should that tell was, you something. This is... I really didn't think that um, anything would battle Nickelback for that bottom spot. The bottom spot. Yeah. No. This but is 100% 85 Creed, or below. Probably below Nickelback. Yeah. Creed is battling Nickelback here. Because at least also Nickelback, um, they had songs like Photograph and Rockstar that mm -hmm. are like classics and i don't know maybe creed they've got some classics i i personally hadn't heard a creed song before 
Um, but those classics, I think by Creed, because we uh, we looked up Creed on YouTube and was mm-hmm. and we were looking at their music videos and seeing which ones had the had the most views and uh, reading comments and such. Um, and Creed's like quote unquote classics are not nearly as enjoyable as Rockstar Photograph. No, I had heard with arms wide open before. I think that was the only Creed song. Maybe higher. I might have heard higher before. Mm-hmm. And they just weren't as memorable. Yeah. And, I mean, personally, I'm just not, like, a Creed fan. I didn't know anything about Creed, but I had higher hopes for them, and that came crashing down, so... <laughs> I mean, it's kind of hard to not have high hopes after listening to Nickelback, though. Yeah, no. this is in no way praising Nickelback, by the way. But that they, album was still bad. Oh, yeah, no. But then you told me that Creed was another Nickelback, and I was like, oh, yeah. you've got to be kidding. Creed, Creed is one of those bands that I've I've heard before that, like, people, people just hate because it's Creed. It's kind of like how oh, people yeah. just hate Nickelback because it's Nickelback. I mean, overall, I think they are a good band. They were very mm-hmm. short-lived, though. They only had, like, four or five albums. They didn't have a lot of albums. And they were good. They had more meaning and depth to their songs and their lyrics and everything. And they actually were able to relate to people. And they were speaking from actual experience, which is Mm -hmm. where I thought they were way better than Nickelback. Yeah. But it's... I don't know. I just couldn't... I know. Yeah. There's just something about them, you know? Trying to listen to the album all the way through makes me resent the band. Yes. (laughs) Which is sad. (laughs) But, yeah. And, uh... With a, another reason to, not, not not necessarily, actually, yeah, another reason to resent them that I'm sure we'll get into later. Uh, their lead singer is kind of out there. He's done some things. Just a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Um, we can get into that. Yeah, a little we'll, bit we'll get into that. I'll let you explain that part. Um, yeah, so if you want to get started on these songs. Sure, bro. All right, so Are You Ready was the first one. Um... I, when we first listened to it, I wrote down that I already liked the voice better, but it still like was very similar to Nickelback mm. in their sound. And I said it was kind of like an Americana hard rock, which is like, I don't know, like that's just what popped out in my head with their sound. And it sounds like, and that first song, it really sounded like it would be on Guitar Hero. <laughs> and their the chorus of the song specifically reminded me reminded me of like a really powerful movie scene. But then at the same time, you couldn't really understand him that well. Uh-huh. So. I really think that this band would be a lot better, in at least my eyes, if I could understand what they're saying sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, or if we, like, already <clears throat> knew the lyrics. Yes. Like, oh, dude. That's actually a good idea. If we uh, started listening to albums with, like, the lyrics of each song next to the... Yeah, we should do that for this next one. Okay. okay. Um, I'll start that. Also, uh, this they for some reason remind me of Tool. Like I don't know um, how much you've listened to Tool, Lainey, but I I went through a little phase of listening to Tool, um, and it was specifically just like the way he sings kind of reminded me of Tool, mm-hmm. and like just that genre is all um, kind of similar to Tool. So that's where I got that vibe from. Yeah. Especially with that third song, Beautiful, that one really did. Yeah. When you played that Tool song, it really did sound very similar, so mm-hmm. I agree with that one. And then you even said that this band, because for Nickelback, I had kind of described them 
as you know, their sound is like Pantera, Metallica, things like that. And then you said that this one is more like Metallica, and I actually do have to agree with that because the next song, What If, um, did kind of give me that same like Metallica metal rock vibe. I don't mm-hmm. know, uh, like like I said, like Nickelback or whatever, but they were more serious and genuine sounding. Yeah. So yeah. Do you have any notes on the Dude. next song? Um, no. Yeah. <laughs> they're just, they're just so, they're it's so just, similar. It's just nothing. It's just, nothing. I literally wrote, getting very boring. Same sound on every song. On the second one? <laughs> on the second no, one? No, on the third one. On the third oh, one. Oh, okay, 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 okay. So the third one is uh, beautiful. And, um, oh, I haven't been saying what the songs are actually about. I'll cover that after <laughs> This is this is horrible. This is very hectic because we really just like don't want to talk about this. Yeah, we just really. Did I'd really rather never listen to Creed again. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> That's horrible, but I'd no, really I, rather. I not. get it. I get it. It's um, it just wasn't good. Anyway, beautiful. Um, I said that this one was uh kind of hardcore, but they can pull it off. Unlike Nickelback. I mean, I'm just going to compare them to Nickelback. And um, it did part of the song. I think it was his voice that. I don't know, there were some riffs, but I think it was mainly his voice that reminded me of the Metallica song, The Memory Remains. Mm-hmm. And if you do know that song, it like there was one part of Beautiful where it specifically reminds me of the end of The Memory Remains. Um, go listen to it and tell me what your thoughts are on that. Uh, and then... But it wasn't like that same metal kind of sound. It was more like grungy i don't know yeah i can agree on that because yeah. they're classified as post grunge mm. they're not classified as metal at least when i looked it up yeah. um they might have some metal aspects and they might classify themselves i as think metal. they're I more know. just like rock like general rock but the that grunge the post and... post grunge because they yeah that one i think sense. when did this come out 1999 mm-hmm. or something um so that is kind of like after that, the grunge that era, after Nirvana, that. after all that. That transition, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so do, now do, should I go back and try to <laughs> explain what these songs are about? Sure, go for the it. The first three, okay. So the first song, Are You Ready, is about becoming famous and how life, you know, is going to change and is already changing and how um, you just need to remember where you came from. The second song, What If... Uh... Oh gosh, hold on, my notes. Oh, oh the music for this song was inspired by um, the Nintendo game Zelda and huh. Paint It Black by the Rolling Stones, which I didn't go back and listen to that song. You've never listened to Paint It Black by the Rolling Stones? No, not that song, oh. this song. I couldn't go back and listen to this song because I really just didn't want to. No, I've heard that song. Okay, I was about to say, No, 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 geez. I couldn't listen to What If because I really just didn't want to make the comparison and I was over it already. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the song itself is about people who try to oppress the band, like the media and critics and people like that. And he basically asks um, what they would do if they were in the band's shoes, like how they would react yeah. to those criticisms. And then the third song, Beautiful, the key concept of the song is betrayal. And he's saying that the beautiful things in life aren't always what they seem and that beauty can be an empty shell or a trap. And that reminded me of the quote from, like, the first line of a poem from The Fellowship of the Ring, which is, you know, in the Lord of the Ring tri- trilogies. And it is, all that is gold does not glitter. 
Which... That's like that SpongeBob quote, the <laughs> all that glitters is not gold. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what the original quote is, but then uh-huh. Tolkien like flipped it to make it have a different meaning to it. But yeah, okay, so we can go to the fourth song, uh, Say I. Hey, Say I. Uh, that's where the album gets its namesake. Says Human Clay right mm-hmm. there. Yep. The dust is finally settled on the field of Human Clay. Don't really know what he's talking about. Human Clay, though. Hey, yeah. hey. I can get into <laughs> what he's talking about, because I did look that up, uh-huh. and I won't miss it on this one. Um, from that initial hearing, I just said that I like the lyrics, and it was Nickelback before Nickelback. <laughs> 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 and most of the song is instrumental. Is what? Intramental. <laughs> Instrumental. Oh my gosh. Um, and it has the same sound for most songs on the album, which is really boring. And this is where it like really goes downhill. Um, now, the actual meaning of the song. It. I looked this up, and it was on either Song Facts or Song Meanings. Mm. One, of, one of those websites. I can't remember. And it's about like our maker and how we came to be in the beginning. And most people relate it to Christianity. Huh. With God creating us, like, you know, with Adam and Eve. And then they sin, causing imperfections, and God is, like, no longer close to us mm-hmm. due to that. And that's how we see, like, humanity today. And if you read the if you read the lyrics, it makes a lot more sense. Um, I will say that. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm sitting here looking at them and I can see that. With the human clay and everything. Yeah. But then I watched an MTV interview from 2000. And they named the album Human Clay because humans are molded by, like, the... Ex- this is, like... Quoted. That was not a fart. That was my foot <laughs> scooting across the ground. I will have that be known. <laughs> Need it to be stated. <laughs> no, it, okay, this is basically, like, paraphrasing or quoting, kind of, um, what they said in the interview, but they chose the name of the album because humans are molded by the experiences, choices, and decisions they make in life, and they're constantly being molded and shaped. It's like we're always unfinished pieces. Mm-hmm. And he said that, um, the lead singer, Scott, said that that's basically what the concept of the album is in its entirety. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's why they just, like, chose that name. See, the fact that I, that I'm, like, I would have never guessed that just because I can't understand the lyrics <laughs> is very bad. They're, like, very bad. Um, man, true. anybody that's out there aspiring to be a musician, uh... I'd like to know what you're saying in your songs, um, rather than just mumbo jumbo coming out of your mouth. That sounds like his voice, like it's like molasses. It all just like yes, yeah. It's like he's got a fat tongue. <laughs> okay. Do you have anything else for this song? No. <laughs> okay. The next song is "Wrong Way." Um, I actually do have something to say for this one. So. Okay. All right. That's good. Uh, I said the. Uh, most songs that do go hard like this one normally get my blood pumping, but this song specifically just did not. Like, I had no, like, feeling towards it. I mm-hmm. did not want to hear it. And this is where I was, like, really starting to get tired of the music because it all was just, like, blending together. And it wasn't yeah. horrible, but just, like, oh, my gosh. And they repeat their words and, their like, the same lines a lot. That's literally what I was about to say. Really? They say, yeah, yeah. In this song, 38 times. Okay. 38 times. Is that not bonkers? That's excessive? Yeah, that's... That's 38. Wow. Okay. Uh, that's probably why, at this point, is when you were like, oh my gosh, this is getting 
Super yeah, because it was more towards the end of the song when I wrote that mm-hmm. down, because that's when they were repeating it like constantly. I do remember that. Absolutely, that's shocking. That like they got away with times. that. Mm-hmm. Twenty would have been plenty. Yeah, tw- twenty still would have been a little bit much. <laughs> twenty might have been a little excessive too, but thirty-eight. 30, wow. Oh my gosh. Uh, I did also add that this reminds me of how Andy Dwyer from Parks and Rec he sings, and it was kind of. Like, just a little bit of, like, Hootie and the Blowfish, or, like, Dave Matthews Band. And there's some other bands that you could, like, throw in there or whatever, but that's what that reminded me of. Um, now the song, let's see, what is it about? Uh, the basis is to get in touch with yourself and figure out what's going on in your life, and, like, I don't know, why things are going the way they are. Pretty basic, Mm -hmm. I would say. Um... Yeah, okay, so next song. <laughs> the Faceless Man. Faceless uh, Man. This one was a little bit different because it kind of had that, like, I don't know if it was acoustic. In oh, the I did write that, um, that it's nice that they're not blasting us with that, like, post-grunge sound yeah. the whole time. Um, they, like, lead up to it mm-hmm. in that song, yeah. That's, uh, because if it was just that, post-grunge, loud rock sound the whole time. I really don't know um, if I would have been able to listen to this whole album. Because that was... It was just a nice break for my ears from that. And I don't even hate grunge. Like, I don't dislike Nirvana and bands like that. Uh, I actually really like Nirvana. I like a lot of their songs. Mm -hmm. It's just, I don't know. Well, they're on this list. I don't feel like Creed does it right. Oh, yeah. Nirvana, yeah. Nirvana's, like, number five, I think. So that's there a long time from now. But. Yeah. Uh, this one is where I I actually noted and wrote down, like, all the songs have the same structure for the most part. Uh, his voice is the same, so it all blends together. And this song did have a little bit of flavor towards the end. So that's nice. Um, I did, however... Uh-huh. I did, however, look up what the meaning was, and it was on... It was on songmeanings.com, yeah. And this one comment that everybody was like, oh, this is the best interpretation of the song. Like, this is incredible. So I'm going to read it. It's kind of long. Okay. But I'll talk, I guess, fast. Um, and this is by the user Chosen One for Life. <laughs> <laughs> so great. Chosen and then the number one for life. Um, so he says, when he says, now I saw a face on the water. It looked humble but willing to fight. I saw the will of a warrior. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. He looked me right in the eyes, direct and concise, to remind me to always do what's right. He is clearly talking about Jesus Christ. In fact, quote, his yoke is easy and his burden is light, end quote, is a direct quote from the Bible talking about Christ. The faceless man is Christ. Scott is saying he knows there is someone there, but he doesn't know him well enough to see his face. But he goes on to say, next time I see this face... I'll say I choose to live for always, so won't you come inside and never go away? This means... Oh, no, wait, I lost my place. This means maybe if God really reveals himself to Scott again, like, you know, he's saying, God, just give me one more sign then, I believe, then he'll invite Christ into his heart and ask him to never go away. But also, when it says, if the face inside can't see the light, I know I'll have to walk alone, and if I walk alone to the other side, I know I might not make it home. He is saying that if the light of Christ can't be seen in him by God, he'll have to walk alone, and if he dies without the light inside, 
which is Christ. He might not make it home you know, to heaven, and the fact is, you know, there's no might or maybe about it. Either there was and is a Jesus Christ who was and is the only way to heaven, or there isn't. And then it says, the very last line is, Decide, so- decide soon, Scott, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> so that, there's that. So is, this, is Human Clay a religious album? I am not sure, because a lot of stuff, like, relates yeah, it all makes sense. to that. If, if, it, if it did end up, like, that he came out and he was like, yeah, Human Clay was a religious album. It's about, like, religious struggles or spiritual struggles. I wouldn't be struggles. surprised by that. Because there's just a lot of... I, if if it's not, that's a lot of coincidences. Well, with war with um, arms wide open, you know, get kind of jumping ahead. But you told me that he wrote that about fatherhood, and I looked it up or whatever, and uh-huh. he said basically that like he went through religious struggles, and he didn't want his kid to go through those same things. Hmm. So like, I think it kind of is in a way. So I think yeah. you're right about that. Wow. That was the most awkward silence. She she looked at her phone and then looked up at me and we made <laughs> eye contact like for an uncomfortable amount of time. Oh, it was only like two seconds too, but that was But just... it was the longest two seconds of my life, dude. You just like stared into my soul. I know. I just keep I keep thinking about when we were listening to this album. <laughs> Okay, when we were listening to this album, because I know we've said it, but like we got really bored with this album. Yeah. Uh, we made some some notes and just some comments, and right. that I would not have made if I was not listening to a really boring <laughs> album. Like, and I quote: "Has anyone pooped their pants to Creed?" I mean, think about it. Someone out there, if you're a famous artist, someone has definitely pooped their pants. Has to anybody your songs. just been listening to Creed and been like? Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> or maybe, maybe they just like we're chilling in the bathroom and <laughs> listening to Creed. Like that's their that's their go to sound. Uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, just the the fact that that those thoughts came to <laughs> our mind. <laughs> they tried to let one rip, and it was just oh, it was over. <laughs> so they were just like, they were like, man, Creed is so boring. <laughs> The sound. Oh man. Uh huh. Just a nice little. Anyways. Chart. Anyway. Uh. <laughs> next song. Um. Never die. I said nice beginning. Don't want to listen anymore. Boring. Can't listen all the way through. <laughs> wow. That is literally the most Creed like summary of a song. Nice beginning. Boring. Don't want to listen anymore. <laughs> And that's how it was with the album too. Yeah, honestly, uh, <laughs> this song is about how adult adults lose their youthful mindset and childish habits, and holding on to these qualities is looked at as both positively and neg- negatively throughout the song. And Scott himself said it was about innocence. So. Mm-hmm. Innocence, Christianity, mm-hmm. dude. It's all. It does kind of all go together. I'm getting somewhat convinced that this is a religious album. I think you might be right, actually. Uh-huh. We need to call Scott up. He's actually doing okay now, I think. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> After everything that he's gone through. But again, we'll get to that later. Um, you have any comments on this song? No, but I got a comment on the next one, so you can go ahead. Alright, so with Arms Wide Open, uh, it's one of their most popular songs. It has a similar sound... I thought to Post Malone and Ozzy Osbourne's like new song, uh, "Take What You Want from Me" or whatever. Uh-huh. I don't know why, but I just it, like clicked in my head that that's what it kind of 
it sounded like. Yeah. Um, and I said that it, I like that it's like softer and slower than the rest of the album, kind of like Nickelback's Photograph. It has good lyrics, sick guitar, and it's just an overall pretty solid song. Um, so I said that there's like a, a small guitar solo in this song. It's not like a big long one, which kind of upset me. Um, right. But the small guitar solo, that, that thing ripped. I don't know if, if yeah. Scott plays the guitar or if he just sings or... Uh, I haven't researched that enough, but... I haven't either because um, I wasn't really interested. Lead guitarist for uh, Creed. That, you ripped that, bro. Like, that was that was good. Absolutely. Um, that song was definitely less boring than most of the mm-hmm. album, but I still was not fully invested and fully interested in it just because right. uh, those, uh, the two most popular songs off this album uh, come in at the end Sort of. They're like the last, they're like eight and nine out of 12 or something. Um, I think so, yeah. So they're not they're not very early in the album. And after I'd been just blasted with this Creed sound for so long, I just was not invested and interested. But those songs were at least somewhat enjoyable. The other ones, yeah. there's others that just are not enjoyable at all, in my honest, humble opinion. But um, those those were a nice break yeah and with that being said I feel like if they maybe had like I know I'm saying the word like a lot and that really bothers me but I feel as if they like I hate saying (laughs) (laughs) if they had rearranged the songs on the album and put them in a different order I feel like it would have been more interesting to listen to and it would have kept the audience's attention Mm -hmm. I finally got that out now let me try to at least explain what the song was about which you already kind of covered when we first listened to it and like, oh my God, dude, if I say that word one more time, <laughs> I cannot deal with that. But I touched on it a little bit earlier. Okay. So this song is about, um, okay, hold on. Scott wrote it after finding out he was going to be a father and he has said that it is still relevant because he thinks about his kids and how brutally honest the song is about a young man approaching fatherhood. Mm-hmm. Um, the title of the song became the name of a foundation that was founded in 2000, and their website says that it helps children, families, and veterans by providing resources to those suffering from poverty, addiction, mental illness, PTSD, and life's hardships. Uh, the song also won a Grammy for Best Rock Song in 2000, and this was, this was Creed's only number one hit on the pop charts but they've had other number one songs on the mainstream rock charts. Okay. Which is interesting yeah. to, I guess, think about. So this song was basically like their... It, this was their... This uh, is their blow-up song. What is what is the term for, like... Is Breakout? it Magnus Opus or something? Oh. Like, your ma- your masterpiece. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, like yeah. a Latin or Italian term for that. I think mm-hmm. it's like Magnus Opus or something. Uh, magnum opus. Magnum sorry, opus. not Magnus. Magnum yeah. opus. Yeah, a large and important work of art, music, or literature, especially one regarded as the most important work of an artist or writer. So yeah, that so would probably be their magnum yeah. opus. Okay, good to know. Uh, word of the day, or I guess phrase of the day. Phrase of the day. Magnum opus. Thank you. The more you know, kids. Um. Do you, okay, do you have anything else to add for this lovely little no. power ballad or whatever it is? Dude, I've got something for hire, though. 
Okay, yeah, higher. Higher was my favorite on this album. I liked Higher. I wrote that it was catchy, had nice guitar, good drum beat going. You know, it's the only one that's not completely boring. Mm-hmm. Didn't make me want to just crap myself, basically. Yeah. Which we've already talked about. Um, yeah, your turn. <laughs> okay, so I hadn't thought about this until we were doing this this podcast right now. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about this when listening to the album. Um, sorry. That's something in my throat. <laughs> okay. Um... So, I'm so convinced this is a religious album now, because, uh... Did you look up what the song is about? No, I didn't. I'm literally looking at the lyrics though right now. Oh, okay. Um, he's talking about, can you take me higher to a place where blind men can see? Can you take me higher to a place with golden streets? Golden streets! That's heaven, dude. Okay. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's talking about, um, that, uh... He's longing to escape from the life he lives when he's awake. So he's, like, mm-hmm. not wanting to live here anymore. I don't know. I'm thinking that he's wanting to go to heaven. Okay. I looked this up, and this is on, uh... It was either on Genius or Song Facts. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Uh, but most people think it is about heaven, Christianity, religion, that kind of thing. Yeah. But what I, what the, I found on the internet <laughs> said that... It is actually about the power of lucid dreaming, which hmm. is really wild, because it says that he read a book about Hindu monks who perfected the technique, and he used it to stop this recurring nightmare that yeah. he had, and I can't remember what the nightmare was, and he said that since then, he hasn't had a nightmare. Isn't that weird? Never had a nightmare? I know. Wow. See, but lucid dreaming, one thing about that, and I know we're kind of straight from the album right here, but... Lucid dreaming, one thing that's uh, kind of scary about that is you could very easily uh, have sleep paralysis from trying to practice lucid dreaming. Because have you ever they're had sleep paralysis? Yeah, I've had it twice. I've had it before and I hated it. Um, it's Yeah, it's horrible. So creepy. Um, I had one where I was like, I just kind of like woke up and I was laying in my bed. I swear there was a big tall dude like looking in my doorway, just like looking at me. Mm. I was just like, dang, bro. There was one... I'll tell you the one that I had and then one of my friends had. So the mm-hmm. one that I had, I was like rolled over and like my face was in the pillow and my eyes were open and I was just staring. And I, in my head I was like, I can't move. Like I can't talk. I can't do anything. And it sounded like my mom was calling my name, but I couldn't like. Call back out. Yeah, I couldn't say anything back and it was crazy. And then it finally lasted and I like got up and like obviously she hadn't called my name. Yeah, it was, it was like three crazy. in the morning. Or whatever. I don't even know what time. Like, it was daylight outside. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> you, had, you had a nap. You had a <laughs> sleep paralysis nap, bro. Oh, uh, time to I would go. never la- I would never nap again if, if I got that, sleep was, paralysis from napping. It was crazy. At least it wasn't anything scary. Mm-hmm. But this one girl, she told me one time she had it. And she heard a kid's voice. Yeah. And all she heard was one two, three, and then when they said three, she, like, snapped out of it. Oh, my gosh. That is freaky. That's, yeah, that is I know. so scary. I know. I hate that. Like, like when I had it, when I was looking at my doorway, and I, like, swore somebody was there, for some reason, I wasn't that freaked out, because I was just sitting there, and I guess, because when I wake up, I can't really, like, process anything. Yeah. I was sitting there, and I was just looking at it, and I was like, what do they want? Like, 
why are they standing right there at my doorway? Because that's what my mom does. Like, she stands in the doorway and she'll, like, wake me up or do whatever. If she I, lingers. If I haven't woke up and she'll, like, talk to me right there. But they were just standing there staring at me. And I was just like, what are they doing? And then I eventually was just like, <gasps> and, like, got up. Because, you know, you sit there and you're trying to move and you can't. And then once you move, you're, like, yeah, spring back yeah. to life. Um, right. Have you ever, this is, like, another side note off of our side note, but have you ever, like, seen things move in the corner of your eye and you look over there and it's nothing? Like, it's yeah. a shadow figure. Mm-hmm. Dude, yeah. I do not like to play those games. I, I, <laughs> I get freaked out very easily because of that. Mm-hmm. And, nope. You believe in ghosts? I don't know. Sometimes I think, like, yeah. I believe in ghosts. But then, like, sometimes I don't. I've seen these videos of, and people are talking about shadow people or shadow mm-hmm. figures. Oh, no, that is not, no, <laughs> no, I don't want any part of that, no. What about aliens? Believe in aliens? Uh, not really. I believe in aliens. I know you do, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, the, okay, this the, the fact that we're having to talk about this, because Creed is just so boring to talk about. We're sitting here talking about aliens on a music podcast. Oh, my gosh, this is... Okay, back to Creed. We were on Hire. It's about lucid dreaming. Okay, well, they brought it up, not us. Yeah, they so... they brought up lucid dreaming. <laughs> okay, uh, do you... Yeah, do you have anything else to say about no, this? No, I've added okay, what great. I can add. Alright, so there's only, um... Two songs left. Right? I don't know. Mm, that sounds about right. I don't know. There's anyway. Well, there's technically... Three because with arms wide open, the new version. Oh, it's because I didn't write anything for um, the second to last one. That's probably why. <laughs> um, so the next song is "Wash Away Those Years." I said it's not bad, but we talked through it because we were sick of listening. <laughs> Honestly, that's literally like such a good summary of the end of this album. I don't really have much to say about the end. And of here's this album. the thing, though. This was one of the ones that I went back and listened to. Uh huh. And I'm really glad I did because of I found out what it was about. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so. Wash away those years. Uh, trigger warning for any of those who are like triggered by like violence or mm-hmm. sexual abuse or anything. So that's what the song's about. Uh, so basically, it's about one of Scott's friends or somebody that he knows who was raped, and yeah. it also mentions domestic violence. And if you go back and read the lyrics and listen to the song, it does have a lot of emotion behind it. And I, like I said, I had to listen because the first time we like we just didn't get to mm-hmm. the end of this album but i am glad i did and paid attention to this one and same thing for the next one too but do you have anything for wash away those years absolutely not great uh okay so inside us all i already said that i didn't write anything down did you <laughs> no but i'm looking at the lyrics right now and the chorus is there's a peace inside us all let it be your friend it will help you carry on in the end there's a peace inside us all mm-hmm. Am I stretching to say that that might also be religious, dude? I don't know if maybe I'm just that convinced, and so I'm, like, reaching. I don't think I'm stretching, though. Uh, I mean, it makes sense. That's not what the song's about. <laughs> I know, but still. Like, but even if that's not what the sense. song's about, that it still makes sense to me. The album feels like one, like... I've said, like, probably 20 million times on this podcast. We're talking about saying yeah 38 times. Like, go back and count how many times I say like in this. When it's not in an actual sentence. Anyway, disregard that. But, um, I feel like, (laughs) I feel like this album in its entirety is kind of one 
big religious experience in a uh-huh. way. Spiritual experience. Spiritual, yeah. Like, it, it tries to explain it. Mm-hmm. But Through, at the same time, I don't know. Through big, muddy voice. Was that your elbow? No, it was my shoulder. Through big, muddy vocals and distorted guitar. I just, I just would have appreciated the lyrics more if I could have understood them. Yes, I 100% agree. Anyway, the actual meaning of the song, because we're kind of like, we're slowing down towards the end, because mm-hmm. it's just so whatever. Uh, the song deals with depression and how it affects people's lives, and that there is light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, and like I said, this is another song. Song, that I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> another song that I'm glad I went back and listened to, because it's just more, you know... On the raw emotional side of things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, and then the last song in this album. It's just another version <laughs> it's, of. It was Arms Wide Open, it, and, but they added strings. Uh huh. <laughs> and this one, for our first listen, I wrote, Sounds Good, but huh? <laughs> <laughs> like, what, did, what does that mean? <laughs> we were so done. It was like pretty late, too, right? Yeah, it was like ten o'clock, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was like decently late because we, we usually don't listen or to the songs. <laughs> we, we usually don't listen to the songs late. We're like, um, it was. I was. I just wanted to. Did like, you make comments about this? Because at one point you did ask me if I was writing stuff down. Oh yeah, I was literally just laying there. So in the room that we're in right now, we're in a closet. We're, by yeah, the way. we're in a closet because in our uh, setup. Clothes, I'm sitting next to trash bags full of clothes, and our stuff's on a cardboard box. <laughs> uh, clothes soak up sound. Um, yeah. And so, in the corner of this closet, to to describe to y'all so y'all can sit here and close your eyes and imagine, there's a big stack of clothes that aren't used anymore that we've either grown out of or whatever. Um, and I was laying on this big pile of clothes, and I was just, like, completely done with listening to Creed. Um, and I look over, and I'm like, Lanny, are you taking notes? And her phone's on the ground, and she's just like... <laughs> Yeah, sure. And writes, uh... I mean, you know what I wrote down. Yeah. Writes that glorious I didn't even know that I message. skipped a song. Oh my gosh, I didn't think... Like, I didn't real. I did, just didn't realize that because I was... Thought it was the same song. <laughs> <laughs> just still going. Um, uh, for this one, I mean, obviously it has the same mm-hmm. meaning as the original version of it. But I said that the strings add more depth to the ballad, and I read one review that said, the strings add an air of sophistication. And I did like this version more than the original. And it reminded me of Good Riddance by Green Day when they had the strings added into that song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fun fact about that is, um, so Billy Joe, when mm-hmm. he was making Good Riddance, he was sitting there and playing it, and this was before they had the strings, and he brought it to um, Rob Cavallo, who's like their dude, and he was like, uh, Rob was just like, there's there's gotta be something. We gotta add something. Um, and he added the strings just like on a whim, like the da-da-da-da-da-da. Um, just added them on a whim, and that's like, I think, one of the best parts of the song. Oh, is yeah. That it, like, Adds a little bit of depth. And it a adds bit that of... depth and sophistication. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it really does, yeah. All right, now let's get to the 
fun facts, interviews, whatever you have kind of stored What's up. What's the guy's name? Scott? Yeah. Okay, so Scott. Stapp or something like that? Well, Scott. Scott. Scotty. Sc- um, Scottifer. At one point in time, was living out of his truck. Uh, Scott was homeless for a little while and um, was addicted to some drugs. Mm-hmm. As, as many rock stars do, but... Uh, he really fell off the wagon with mm-hmm. it. Not all rock stars end up being completely broken living in their truck. Mm-hmm. And not, according to him, not having enough money for food or gas to go anywhere. Yeah. So he was just living in his truck. Um, he was also, uh, became, and I say became a member very loosely, but became a member of a band, of another band and only showed up to play with them 18 times in a year. <laughs> um, and just took the $200,000 that they gave him for joining, pretty much. Uh, and he never paid it back. Nope. He's kind of just a POS. Like, really. Um, mm-hmm. I don't very much like Scott. I'm and not going to lie to you guys. I'll catch you up on everything. From, <laughs> from what I've heard, uh, Scott is not a great person. But mm-hmm. he's fighting demons. He has bipolar disorder. Um, right. And... Uh, back in the day, he used to not know what it was, and so he would drink and take other medications, and it would make him, I wouldn't say trip, but like his mind would get the best of him. It, w- it wouldn't help him, it would just make things yes more enhanced, worse, I guess. If you yeah, I get what you're saying. It just wouldn't do what it was supposed Dude, to do. He thought he was supposed to assassinate Obama. <laughs> oh, yeah. He thought he was on a CIA mission to kill Obama, guys. You yeah. heard it here first. So that was with, yeah, so that's happened mm-hmm. kind of recently. Um, at one point, though, he did move to Tallahassee after reading that Jim Morrison of The Doors had lived there. Mm-hmm. Well, I think this band was made in Tallahassee. I'm not going to lie to you. Okay, so maybe. He probably moved back to Tallahassee, you know? Maybe, yeah. Um, let's see. Because Tallahassee is where Florida State's from, and that's like mm-hmm. my... That's my football team. They disbanded in 2004 because of tensions between Scott and the rest of the band. But that's because he was on drugs and he just didn't have any creative juices flowing or anything like that. Um, I actually watched an interview from February of this year, 2020. Mm -hmm. And he basically said that him and his bandmates are on good terms because he FaceTimed one of them during, like, when he was playing golf or something. Um, And he kind of gets into his childhood and talks about how he got into music at a young age. And he also talks about his, you know, super famous days and stardom and how he took things for granted and struggled with a lot of things, like we've already mentioned, substance abuse, and how he couldn't write anymore, which is, like I said, part of the reason they broke up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, it says here that Creed was formed in 1994 in Tallahassee, so. Hmm. hmm. Okay, so Scott is not the guitarist, I think. Okay. He's just the lead vocalist. The guitarist is Mark... Tremonti, I believe is how you would say that, and the bassist is Brian Marshall. Y'all kill it, bro. Y'all kill it. <laughs> y'all, y'all rip. I'm sorry. What's George's name? Don't leave him out. <laughs> oh, S- Scott Phillips. Scotty Part Two. Scott Phillips. Scott um, Two Point Okay. Called you it. you kill it as well, Scott. Congratulations. Anyways, Scott. don't really have much to say about Creed. Mm-mm. Very boring. Um, I mean, they're they're good, but just like. They've got lyrics, yeah. but it's just so boring and 
They have a good sound, but it's too constant for me. I wouldn't even put it at good sound for me personally, but that's also just not my my thing. Mediocre. Mediocre. Fair <laughs> enough. Mediocre sound. Mediocre, decent, early 2000s, late 90s, yes. typical rock sound. Mm-hmm. Similar to Nickelback. I mean, we keep comparing them to Nickelback, but that's just... It's kind of what they remind me of. That, that's just it. I mean, they just have better lyrics. I like his voice better, but you can't understand him as much, so mm-hmm. it kind of like bounces out between him and Chad. <laughs> Chad, oh Chad. my god. Chad Kroger versus Scott whatever. Stap. <laughs> Scott Stap. Scat Stap. Anyways. Anyway, a- great job, Cade. Uh, no. <laughs> um, I'm ready to move on from this, to be honest with you. Okay, well... This has been the Diamond Mind Podcast with Nate and Laney. Next week, we'll be at you with some carp books.